Well, hello everybody. Welcome to a very special episode live from Molyneux. It's 242, that's 242. And it's a good one. It's the ENS. Wolves! Ah! Podcast! <laughs> it's 11.15pm at night. It's Nathan Judah. It's Liam Keane. We're across a table in a beautiful box. Who's is it? Is it John Ruddy's box? Is it, is it Roman Sice's box? Someone, someone's executive box who, who don't know we're here. It's not those two. Okay. I don't actually know. Someone who's very important and got more money than both of us. Yes, whoever it is, they're important. Thank you very much for uh, for lending us your box on this delicious, beautiful, fantastic evening as we look onto the, the, the carpet that is Molyneux after a 4-0 demolition, Mr Liam Keane, of Watford. Uh, these are the nights where you want a podcast. The adrenaline's still going, you can't go home. See, if, we, if we'd driven home now, if we'd gone home... And you, you're in, where are you? Warwick. I'm on, I'm I'm in, on over, make it home, mate. <laughs> yeah, you've, got, you've got a car problem. <laughs> I'm in Solihull. There's no way you get in now. Like, we were at Man United for the Youth Cup semi-final mm. last night. You don't get in at 1am and then go straight to bed. You can't. You can't. You, you've still got... You've still got that that come down, haven't you? You need you, you need to you need to go on Twitter, you need to go on a bit, you know, maybe watch a show, maybe a bit of EastEnders, a bit of Coronation Street. You need to maybe have a bit eat, a bit snacky. You can't just go into bed. You can't just rock up into bed. So I'm pleased that we can now chat away for the next fifty five minutes or so and just get it all out. Well, you say that I was shattered last night after, oh. the, after the United. I mean, they lost as well. To be fair, so you know the the endorphins, you know, weren't exactly particularly high. Although you know, I did get pitch side at Old Trafford, and I. You know, as a football, as a big football fan, I did take a little step onto the turf. Don't tell the, the groundsman, and you know, just to say, you know, I've I've, I've stepped onto the Old Trafford turf, which is quite nice. So, um, Man, Man, Man U's uh, um, uh, just eroding away, mate. Oh, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't get, totally I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get very excited about that. The turf that you want to be on is here at Molyneux. What a game tonight, Liam. Um, look, they were, they didn't really have to get out of second gear tonight, First. and and they were. And, and I'll be honest, I mean, for us, for us, I mean, Watford were terrible, but for a game that they needed, they needed this result, they needed this performance, and I've discussed it on the video as a low-stress game tonight. It was the perfect, perfect, perfect retort to what was a shocking Sunday, and we're going to go on to that, I'm sure, in a little bit. Quite a remarkable Sunday, really, mm. before, on and off the pitch. And it was perfect. They made he made changes, Bruno. He needed to make changes, and everything just went according to plan. Bang on, spot on, Mister Judah. Mm. You know, it was a um, Wolves were as good as Watford were bad. Is is the way to sum it up? I mean, they really were shoddy, particularly in defence, all over the place. But Wolves controlled the game in the key areas. I think in midfield, Neves and Moutinho were exceptional tonight. Uh, to be fair, I could go through and name the whole squad. To be honest, because I think every player put in a good, uh, a good to a degree performance. You know, Huang probably wasn't quite as effective as, as he would have liked to have been, but set up the first goal, which was important. You got your individuals back playing. Raul Jimenez was excellent. Eight Nori back in the team, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Willie Bolly and Johnny back in for the first start. Well, those, those two, uh, those two, I want to, I want you to expand on. You know, Johnny. <clears throat> Obviously, came on for Hoover, mm. um, and you know, look, getting back to full fitness, and you don't really want to be marking Wilfred Zaha, and kind of, especially that first half, Johnny was made to look pretty slow, and you know, got better I think as the game went on, and it's going to take time for him, 
but I thought tonight was the perfect game. He wasn't under a lot of pressure. He showed he could get forward, again, playing right back and not left back, as you know, filling in for the two who were injured. And I thought did great. And, and it worked out perfectly that Bruno could take him off, bring Chiquinho on so that so that he's rested now for, for Sunday. And, and again, Willy Bolly, Max Kilman not in the side. We know he had that decision to make. He made the call. And I said it, I tweeted it earlier on. I'm sorry, regardless of who you're going to take out, a fit Willy Bolly plays in my starting lineup if I'm Wolves manager every single week. And it was great to see him tonight because, again, a low-stress game for him. But he won his headers. He got ahead of his man. He's smart. He's intelligent. And that game will have given him, from a fitness and a form point of view, the world of confidence. If you could just write a script for the perfect game for mm. the two of them to get minutes, it would be tonight, wouldn't it? They, neither of them, obviously playing on the same side as well, neither of them had a forward really running at them, getting in behind them. They didn't really have many balls over the top to, to deal with, mainly because... Willie Bolly is so good in the air that he just out mocked everything up so so easily, um, and and that gave particularly with Johnny it gave him a license to to get forward and get involved. And just before he, he came off, he was rocking up near the corner flag on that right side and whipping crosses in one twos with Pedence. I thought the link up between him and Pedence was really promising. Actually, that was, that was a key thing that I think a few fans picked up on too. So to have those two getting minutes under their belt, it, it feels like the old guard, doesn't it? It feels like 2019 again. The old guard coming back in, playing and showing that they're just as good as they always were, really. They were excellent tonight, the, the pair of them. Um, but you have to have that caveat to say they didn't really have much pressure on them. And you're right, Johnny wasn't great against Palace, but nor, nor were many of his teammates. So an opportunity for them going forward because... Johnny's got no real competition. Bruno has made it very clear that if he can, he likes to have players in the natural position. He had no choice, if he stays by that philosophy, to play Johnny tonight. He, of course, they had the luxury of taking him off and playing Chiquinho there and, and most likely saving him for, for Sunday. And then you've got Willie Bolly, who is, you know, would be harsh if he doesn't keep his place for Sunday, despite how good Max Kilman has been. Of course, unless you bring Kilman in for size, but that feels a bit harsh on size as well. Um, Bolly was, was immense today as well and, and if you take him him out it, it just feels a little bit hard done by for him so you know there's it comes down to competition options something Wolves didn't have earlier in the season and, and now they've got it um, Were you surprised that Max Kilman got taken out or do you feel that it was the right time he made the right decision and the right call? Uh, both I, I was surprised and also felt it was probably the right time um, I, I wrote about it after the, the Palace game to say that although I don't think it will happen it's probably a good opportunity to do it because just to take him out of that firing yeah. line. There's a lot going on, you know, with his family, with the yeah, situation in the Ukraine, with, you know, um, remember, a young kid who's played a hell of a lot of football recently, who's a, a lot of high-stress football, who's had to, you know, gone from zero to, to, to hero to be talked about an England squad, and then you've got the England manager coming to watch you in a couple of games, and it was, you just you just felt... It was all becoming a little bit too much, and, and Bruno said, I think, in the post-match press conference, he will be straight back in. He will be he'll be coming back into this side, no doubt about it, eventually. But he needed to be taken out. He needed a rest, and, and I think I think to be honest, he's made one hundred percent the right call. Yeah, I think so. All of those factors play a part: the the England the pressure, Southgate watching on, particularly watching on in two games, West Ham and then Palace here, where he was very poor in both, mm. um, and. You know, of course, the, the Ukraine situation, which is which is terrible. All of those factors are very key, and one, and then another one that you didn't mention there that Bruno did mention in his press conference is that 
He's a player who, at 24, has not really had a proper run in senior football, has now had a proper run of 30-plus games consecutively, and at some point he was going to need a rest. And it felt like, with everything going on off the pitch and on it, because, of course, he was he was struggling, it felt like the, the perfect time. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. And, and Bonnie's come in, and um, it's about... I think you, you want to see the right reaction from Kilman now, because, as you say, Bruno said he'll come back in and play again, of course. Whatever that is, we don't know. But he's got to have the right reaction now, Kilman, to say, look, Bolly's come in and done very well. I've got a tough task getting back in the side, but I have to get back in. There's no sulking here. You've got to go in and you've got to earn that place again. Bruno's had a, a tough couple of weeks. And I think for the first time, he's made mistakes. Mm. You know, like realistic, like definite 100% mistakes in team selection, totally which I think a lot of people questioned. And and potentially in comments as well, post-match. You know, um you know, the way that he kind of assessed the West Ham game and, and said that he was quite pleased with the way aspects of it, especially in the first half. And it just wasn't wasn't ringing true to what to what we've heard. And I think tonight he's he's gone back. He's gone back to his main guys, like you're saying, Raul Jimenez. I mean, regardless of the fact of Jimenez getting taken out for two games, um, he scored, he's, he's the leading scorer in the team. He's, he's you know, always... I think in in every one of two goals, Raul Jimenez has got a part to play in them this season. Ryan Agnori has been the best left wing back at the club this season. Those are the kind of players who you want to be back in your side, don't you? And if you're going to have to win a game, and like I said, they have to win tonight for me to get back into this European picture. They had to win tonight. And the fact that they've done it and done it so well, just I think it's just a massive relief, I think, from everybody involved. Because... You can lose confidence pretty quickly, you know. As, as as good as you know, you win manager of the month, and and you know the fans are singing your name. Two or three losses, and all of a sudden they're back on you a little bit. And I think that there was a really important in front in front of a, a pretty full Molyneux, apart from the eleven Watford fans that turned up in the corner tonight. <laughs> um, it was great for everybody. It was great for the players. It was great for the confidence. It was great for Bruno. I mean, you saw Bruno, you know, getting them all going. Yeah. You know, pointing at three. You know, when he was three nil and, and and getting the South Bank going and and everyone. And I haven't seen that before. And and it was, it was, it was a it was a good time to I think to produce a you know a display like that. Yeah, definitely. And individuals stepped up, and that's the probably the biggest takeaway I, I can make really that Raúl Jiménez, a player who was fluttered in and out of form obviously fluttered in and out of the team recently as well. I thought probably one of his better games of the season today was excellent. And you talk about the, the team selection mistakes that Bruno's made, which I totally agree with, not playing a focal point, whether that's Fabio Silva instead of Raul, either or really, and not playing one of those two against Crystal Palace um, against a big physical Palace defence was a, seemed like a, a major mistake, for, uh, I felt. Um, and, and there's been a couple of those certainly again you know not playing Dendonka I felt it in a more physical midfield as well but the ind- the individuals as well as the team collectively came to the fore today Raul as I mentioned was was brilliant Aiden Nori didn't really put a foot wrong all game I thought he was superb particularly that first half probably one of the best players on the on the on the field really and they had to take Firmino for Watford off after mm. half an hour because he he was giving him the absolute runaround yeah. on that left side. Um, I mean, Hodgson said in the in the post match press. I don't know whether you're in I, I at that, that point. No, yeah, he said, on. "For me, he took himself off." There you go. He said, "Took himself off." There you go. And, and King took himself off. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> it just shows exactly how, you know how good that they were playing at that time. Yeah, exactly. They they well, what's most pleasing from that first half, and probably to be fair, the first half of the first half, because after the three goals that in eight, in eight minutes, Wolves had the luxury of taking their foot off the gas and 
and really cruising through the game. In the second half, they had spells again where they came came in with a few good chances and, of course, got the fourth goal in the end and um, and could have added more, really. Uh, but they, they were cruising through uh, after what was really quite an electric spell. The As I mentioned already, the, the Pedence and Johnny Linkup was working superbly. That's where the first goal came from as well. A very cute and intelligent dummy from Pedence to leave the ball for uh, for Johnny. Sorry, that was the, the second goal, actually, if I'm right thinking. Um, and uh, and all over the pitch, the, the partnerships were, were important. I think you know Huang and and, uh, and Raul linked up the first goal, and um, and just really the the triangles and the, and the space they were creating. They had so much space out wide, and Neves and Moutinho, who I've mentioned already, were excellent in midfield. Were just finding it so easy to spray those balls out wide, uh, and that's really what meant a player like Aitnori got such a good performance. Or had such a good performance. What on? Oh no! I know what this is going to be. Shocking. And so brings the Ben Foster segment of the uh, <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, oh my god! Bless him. I mean, talk about narratives of the game. Now, look, we all we all know that you know, we can talk about formation, we can talk about plays, we can talk about goals, and we'll, we'll talk about a special goal very soon. But if there was anyone. Anyone in the Premier League who fans wanted to have a stinker at Molyneux, it was Ben Foster. And look, Ben Foster, you give as good as you get. And I'm sure he will, He will. Probably, maybe maybe he won't. But first of all, don't turn your phone on tonight, Ben Foster, when you get back home. And, and, and He'll se- see Nathan Junior on his, and, uh, his, second, his notification straight second, away. He, he, you know, if you're going to give it, you've got to take it. And he has had a stinker tonight. I mean, the Pedence's goal—it's just—it's just a swallow you up moment. And then, and then he had to walk to the North Bank. By the way, second half, which South was quite Bank. which South Bank, sorry, which was quite funny. Second half, and then he almost did it again, and then finishes off getting lobbed off, you know, oh, two no. yards off his oh. line. Oh, I mean, that is that is one of the. <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's I'll be honest. So funny. I mean, I, I know I, I had a little bit of. Uh, I wouldn't say a pop, a little, a couple of little comments just to say it was quite funny, and you know, I got. Nothing. Oh, you had to laugh. Yeah, didn't you have you? to. I've got nothing against the bloke, but it, it is, it is funny because you're right. He does give as good as he gets, and you know what? In some ways, I quite, I quite like it because a lot of a lot of players can be a bit boring. Yeah, very boring. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. He does, and he does give it a bit, um, and you know, he's had opportunities to, you know, he's had moments in the sun, hasn't he? The we, well, we don't like to talk about. Let's it. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, Let's the not FA talk Cup about game. It. You know which one I'm talking about. I know about. exactly which one you're talking about. His little post um, with the Watford team afterwards, yeah. referencing Wolves. Albion. I mentioned referencing a five-one. You know, yeah. for a team that he hasn't played for for years at that point. But strange, Weird. anyway. That's that's beside the point. Um, he's always had a. Um, do you describe it as love, hate, or hate, hate relationship mm. with the Wolves fans? I think he actually. I've seen a clip of him talking on his podcast um, about Wolves and being Mbonyu being one of the worst slash most intimidating place he's played at because of the fact that the Wolves fans just hate him mm. for the obvious Albion links etc etc and the fact that he loves to just give it to Wolves fans doesn't of course, he? so of course. when he has a stinker like that you know the goal the Pedence goal um, totally his fault of course almost gives well he does give it to Pedence again in the second half I know and, and it, what's he doing luckily for him Pedence was near the halfway line for this one rather than 30 odd yards it was it might have been another goal um, I think there was a couple of the moments where he spilled the ball in his box and mm. luckily jumped on it and, and saved it. Every time he had the ball, the South Bank was jeering him on and uh, calling him a certain, a certain few words that you, I can't uh, I can't repeat. Um, 
Look, it was... I left a couple of swears on the uh, fans' videos tonight. I just let, let it go. You had to let it slide. Uh, no, no, I've, I've, I've published it. Too much it. editing. I've published it, yeah. <laughs> too, much, too much work at 10 o'clock at night. Look, it was, um, it was quite funny. And look, as I say, he's had his moments in the sun uh, at times, and Wolves fans, fans had theirs today. So, um, yeah, I think it's fair. So, it brings us to a moment. And luckily enough, this player has produced some moments that I think... And I think everybody, whether you're a fan, whether you're media, whether you're managers... We look back um, when you love this game of football, you know, in, in when the, you're an old man, and some, some people might say, I'm an old man at this moment in time, Kino, when they're 60, Definitely. 70, 80, and they, will, and they will remember moments of I was there moments. And I tell you what, this guy's produced some sensational I was there moments that I will never, ever forget. And this goal, for me, was right up there. It might not be number one, but I said to you earlier on, this could be number two, and... He, Ruben Neves, is sensational. He's brilliant. He's one of the best players I've ever seen live. Ever seen live. And he's just going to get better and better. Now, the goals he scored and the stunners he scored, everyone's gone mental. You know, they're like outside of the box, nowhere near. No, no, and he's just flashed in top corner. Everyone's gone absolutely mental. Tonight, it was a sublime piece of skill. Whereas you haven't got that euphoria of the crowd going, ah, ah. It was, oh, oh yes. and the whole morning just went, oh, stop, you know, and it was a different kind of 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 reaction, but almost as good because because just the skill that it took, and he knew exactly what he was doing to chip Foster, who was a yard and a half off his line, and to chip him easily. There's only a, there's only very very few players that can do that in the world. I would say something like a Kevin De Bruyne. You know, can do can do goals like that. Ruben Neves can do it, and he's executed it absolutely perfectly. Now, a lot of people should say Ruben Neves should score more goals, and he should. But when you've got the touch like that, it was it was another for me. I was there moment. You know how you described it as the ooh. Thing? It was. It was like an it was, oh. It's like um. It's like sinking into a warm bath, isn't it? Oh, like, yeah, with like, radox and bath salts. <laughs> it's like getting into bed with fresh sheets on and just cuddling up, maybe to Ruben Nevis if you're, <laughs> if you're lucky enough. <laughs> Who needs Margot Robbie when you've got Ruben Nevis in there? Both both got beautiful hair, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah very true, very true. Um, it, no, was, it, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Very quickly mentioned that I was fortunate enough to speak to Ruben after yes, after please the game do as well. Yeah. So there, there will be some there will be some stuff coming on that in the in the next day or two. You can give us well. a little snippet though, Liam. No, I definitely. Oh can't. come on, one, what's one? Just one line, two lines. I would not disrespect uh, my colleagues or the embargo just for your amusement. I'll tell him then, shall I? <laughs> you, you were there. You didn't know what was going on. Uh, he said he's up there with one of his best. Okay, yeah, you Le- can tell leave, him that. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. But for you, but for you, you know that moment. That is when you when you're in your yeah. press box, you look around and the players and the, and the managers and the, and the crowd. It's amazing, and th- those the, those the, those are the moments that you remember. Yeah. And me and you had the exact same reaction. Sat up there watching it, we just, we just almost could not believe what we just saw. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was oh. sublime. And you talk about um, you know I was there moments. Mm. With Ruben Neves, just to take you back to some of his other goals, yeah. I remember where I was watching them, and I wasn't in Molyneux for them, or the, the ground or wherever they were, and I still remember where I was watching those goals on TV, yeah. let alone actually being here watching yeah. it. The Derby County uh, one, which is, mm. is obviously his number one still. It has to be number one. I was I in my third year of uni, sat in a house in Liverpool watching it on Sky. I remember yeah. the one against Espanyol, I was at home yeah. watching it with my, with my dad um, back in Warwick. You know, it was 
on you know the, the he's, it's a he's highlight reel. So many moments, yeah. fans, so many special moments. And then you see recently this week he's been getting tattoos of his favorite favorite Wolves moments, uh, getting new tattoos, and that the the link between him and the Wolves fans, whether mm. he leaves Wolves tomorrow or if he leaves Wolves in ten years time, yeah. that link is is there. It's, oh, it's, forever. It, yeah, he's written himself into Wolves. History, and mm. I'll go that far as far. He's an as to icon. He's an absolute icon. He may never win anything as a Wolves player. I hope he does, but he may never. And he, he's up there as one of the best players to put a Wolves shirt on. And and moments like that tonight is is a pleasure to be here and see that because it was absolute genius on the field and throughout the whole game as well. It's not just that moment. He's making 50-50 sliding tackles and retrieving yeah, the ball. Yeah, amazing. It was an he, incredible he's performance. spraying passes out mm. 50, 40 yards, out to eight Nori or out to Johnny. And, you know, he is the glue that holds his team together. Absolutely wonderful. And I, and I think Bruno said, uh, you know, Bruno sometimes uh, will not wax lyrical on a player mm. because he expects he expects them to do that. And I think... It's the opposite he, sometimes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Um, and, and he said, Ruben knows how much I think of him mm. and how much I rate him and that he can be and he said the best I think he almost he meant like top of the, the top, top of the says. top which means like yeah. you know top in the he's not talking the Premier League or at Wolves no. he's talking basically he can be one of the best players in the world yeah, in world so football exactly here what he means, exactly yeah. what he means but at the same time he's done it now he's got to go now to Everton on Sunday and produce it again yeah. he's got to do the he's got to keep on going these performances I'm not saying score worldly goal every week he's not meaning that but he's meaning Dominate a game from start to finish like that more often than not. Not every week, but two of every three, three of every four, because that's what the best players in the world do. They don't just have one in four or five. They have that consistency and that aura about them where they can dictate a game. And I think he's got it. I think he's got it and he has improved and he's got better. He's got better. And you've got to give credit to Bruno for getting the best out of him. But this guy is special. And I mean, for me, I'm, I'm trying to think... Liam, and look, you know better than me as a, as a you know as a, as a Wolves diehard. But has there been an, a more iconic player since Steve Steve Ball to to pull on a Wolves shirt? Are, are we getting to those kind of those kind of levels of like the, the modern the modern you know? I mean, Jean Moutinho, I guess, has got has got mm. a chance there. But when you remember this era, um, which is which is going to go down in history, these last five six years of Fosun, and hopefully more to come. Surely after Bully, it's never, isn't it? The, the key word you use there is iconic, mm. um, and, and if you use, if you're going to describe it as that and use that word, I can't think of another player. Mm. There are arguments you can go back, of course, of course. She's always and, yeah. and talk about you know even early two thousands you talk about Paul Ince and Alex Ray, mm. and they, there's very good midfielders that have come through Wolves. But um, I feel like Bully's Bully sets has always set himself apart. Yeah. If Ruben never signs a five year deal tomorrow and stays for the next eight years as a Wolves player and goes and goes on from there. Um, then, then could he be? Could he be up there with Bully, as as number as as you know, as much of an icon? I think yeah, yes, but you have to describe it as 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 icon because of course it's very different positions, isn't it? You know, know the leading, leading goal scorer, um, and there's very there's a very different um, sort of narrative that comes mm. with with different positions and players. Mm. Uh, but if you're going to use that as a as the word, and if you're going to discuss him. You know, let's let's say hypothetically he does stay for the next five years, whatever. Early thirties, he's still with the club. Then I, I, I see no reason why not. Mm. He turned up at what twenty one. It's a, just a pleasure and watching him. It's, play, it's a pleasure it watching him progress on on this field. And like you say, 
He loves being here. He yeah. loves being. He loves being in this stadium. He loves being in front of these fans. He's getting tattoos left, right, and centre. You know, he's he's created a family here. It's he's he's playing. He's, you know, he's he's a mainstay for Portugal now. He's one of the first names on the team sheet. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and, and like you say, whether he is here for ten years or he moves on in the summer, you, we don't know. We don't honestly, we don't know. And I don't think Ruben knows. I don't think anyone knows because you can't say what's going to be around the corner. But what I would say is. For the fans that have come tonight, those are the moments that you should always cherish. And and for the remaining, how many games we've got left this season? You know, 12, 11? 11, I think. 11 games. Was. Just enjoy him. Just enjoy the spectacle. Enjoy him being here. Might be 10, actually. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy uh, enjoy yeah. him being here. Let's hope he's here for many years to come. But I think it's important just to soak everything up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, don't take a player like that for granted because um, he's up there. With, with, to be fair, some... Wolves players in this current team. You mentioned Moutinho. I'd, I'd, I'd put him in and around that conversation. But Neves is up there as one of the best players I've ever seen in a Wolves shirt. Now I'm obviously uh, blindsided by the fact that I I'm 25. And I you know I didn't see Wolves back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. But from my generation, and there'll be plenty of people that will, will agree with me. He's up there as one of the best players ever put on that shirt. He's that good. Um, and just going back quickly to the. The comment that you, that you mentioned um, from Bruno to say that you know I think he can be a top of the top player, but he now has to do it against Everton. It's not the most romantic um, mindset to have, and it, fans will, and me and you as well, will wax lyrical about that goal and his performances. Um, but the reality is, as Bruno says, you've now got to go and focus on Everton. After Everton, you've got to focus on Leeds. After mm-hmm. Leeds, you've got to focus on Newcastle. You know, it doesn't stop. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's not romantic. It's not, um, you know. He's not going to be sat there and lauded by his teammates. He'll get a bit of a, a well done tonight. Mm. He'll get a pat on the back in training, I'm sure. But after that, they're thinking about the next game, and that's <laughs> and that mentality. I I say it's not romantic, but I like because that's how you take a team and players to the next level. Eighth, back to eighth. Well, they're, they're in eighth. They're in eighth to the start of the day. <laughs> the day they're in eighth to start Forever to eight. finish it. Uh, Forty-three points played. Uh, played twenty-eight. So they're in eighth. They're two points behind Spurs. Two points behind. West Ham, same amount of points, same amount of games played. Sorry, it's West Ham. Spurs got two games in hand. Um, they're back in this European hunt now with Everton and Leeds to play. Now, I felt like if they didn't win tonight, then they'd have been out of it. I really did. I felt like this was an important, pivotal game. Can you see Wolves finishing in their top seven? Yes. Yes, Kino. <laughs> I, can see it, I like yes. it. Whether it happens or not is another one. Um, I think Wolves have got a, a better squad than West Ham. Yeah, especially with Bowen out potentially now yeah. as well for a little bit of time. Um, I know West Ham lost. It, they lost to Sevilla one 0 tonight, but I believe it's two legs in the mm-hmm. Europe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they they have got another leg of that to focus on, um, which may you know take the uh, take their eyes away briefly. Spurs, yes, they beat Everton five 0 and they've got some. Very, very talented players and a world-class manager. Mm-hmm. But we know what Spurs are like. Bottling it's in their genes. Um, <laughs> the, the, the amount of times that they, they've thrown things away and, and, and they'll they'll rock up and they'll lose to to a Burnley like they did the other week. They'll rock yeah. up. So I, as much as I think I, I, I think Spurs are a dangerous outfit, I, I'm not convinced that they'll run away with it. Arsenal, I think, are a pretty decent side and have done, and have, and have done well. I think they'll certainly be in there and I think United most likely will, although they're... They're a strange, strange side. I think it really is between West Ham, Spurs, Wolves, mm. and it's 
sixth, seventh, eighth, and and that's how it's going to be. And and Wolves have got more than enough. Those two teams, by the way, they've beaten um, beaten both of them this season. I mean, you know, you can say it the other way around as well. But you know, that says that says something. And um, Wolves have got something to fight for. They they they've got something to go after. It's not the the sexiest competition in the world playing the Europa Conference League, but you'd rather play that than finish eighth and play nothing. What would be a killer is if you get seventh and then a team not in the top six wins the FA Cup, <laughs> and then and then we're going to be sat here a little bit more upset. But um, look, I think uh, even if they do finish eighth, I think it's a it's a very good achievement this year. Um, but I think they're more than capable of doing it. The spirit was back tonight. The players were smiling, and. It's a big difference what five days can make, Liam, because as good as they were tonight, they were shocking. We've got to, we've got to go back to yeah. it against Crystal Palace on Saturday. Uh, totally outplayed. And I don't want to do a disservice to Palace because I thought Palace were fantastic, especially in that first half. However, from a team selection point of view, I felt especially they didn't really learn the lessons from, from Palace away. I thought they got bullied. And, you know, we... we I don't want to go over and over the game, but there was a moment, and we've got to talk about it, uh, in the press conference afterwards. Mm. Now, uh, Nelson Semedo is injured, got his hamstring, massive loss, huge loss at Arsenal, really. They went on to lose that game. Kijana Hoover came on, didn't really work out. You know, Wolves were back to the wall, to be honest, weren't they? And, and Arsenal deserved it. It was just a, it was frustrating circumstances. When you get to the 80th minute and you're winning a game and then you end up losing it 2-1, you can't do that. You've got to at least don't don't lose that game, especially against an inverted commas contender, I guess. They go to West Ham. They were they were really poor. They were really poor. Hoover had a stinker. Yes. He had an absolute shocker. So come back here. Massive chance. Hoover picked again and he does his hamstring in. Looked desperately frustrated and upset when he came off the pitch. Um, Johnny came on and we know what happened after that. You know, I think they were already winning the game and won the game comfortably in the end. So fast forward to the press conference. And well, I'm just going to play what I'm going to play a snippet of what uh, I think it's about a minute and a half long of what um, Bruno said uh, about Key. And for me, I'm working at my desk uh, in these situations. I'm trying to edit fans videos and an hour video and, and you're at the front, Liam, with, with Tim Spears and, and, and a few of the other journalists. And there's not many moments I've had as a journalist where it's almost like everybody in the room stopped mm-hmm. when he started going on about, about Key. And almost like, did he just say that? And then he kept on going and going and going and really went for a player and questioned basically his professionalism. Um, and... I'm going to play it and then we'll we'll discuss it after that after that. But it, it wasn't again. We'll talk about a never's I was there moment. It was almost like that in the media room mm. on Saturday. It really was for you know for the wrong circumstances. Here is like what Bruno had to say. If you haven't heard it, Keys also is a good example of the the young kids, the young players. They don't they they want everything happen at that time. And when you are out and your opponent or your teammate are playing. You are not training with intensity, you need to training. You not prepare yourselves. And after when you have a chance, this kind of things happen. This is general in football. So these kids today, especially the, I have too many kids in my team, that sometimes they don't work That's the way they should work. They're not prepared the way they should prepare. And after when they come inside, this kind of things happen. Because they, when they are in training, they are thinking a lot, oh, I'm not playing. How oh, I'm not playing. They are not putting 
And I said to them in the first, in the, in the first day when I started to work with them, we are here, you need to continue to work, you need to continue to put the, the, first, the first target is work and improve. And after when they have the chances, these kind of things happen because they, they go to the limit. They go to the limit, they are not ready, they are not prepared. They have injured. injuries can happen, but this one happened because it's not prepared, because sometimes key don't work in the same intensity. And this warning is not only just for key, it's for more kids that we have in our team and they need to understand. I don't waste time with the guys who don't work hard every day to... I think to he's play. quite right. I mean... Wow. I mean, that is... Mm. That is... I don't waste time with that these players. Tough. You know, these players are, are coming to me, knocking the door, saying why I'm not playing and this is why they're not playing. And, and, and really... It was a massive attack, and it was a stunning, stunning moment. I think for me in the in the press conference, I think for everybody involved, because he obviously had this, he obviously ha- had this in his head, and he wanted to get it out. I feel now maybe Hoover was the unlucky person in this, because I feel like if that had happened to one or two of the other players who is questioning there, he's not just questioning Key, he's questioning a couple of the younger players. And it doesn't take a genius to work out who some of those players are on the bench. I'm going to say some of the unused substitutes um, on Saturday. I'll mention a few names, just that they were unused substitutes. Fabio Silva and um, and potentially, I don't know, Francisco Trincao, let's say. But what I'm saying is it could have been any one of those. He's questioning those. He's questioning the way that they prepare for games. He's questioning, you know, he's got no time for it. It was a damning assessment. And... I'm trying to remember a player or a manager who's who's really gone for specific individual or question their attitude. It's a very dangerous game to play. Um, and the only one I could really think about is Jose Mourinho, who's really done that, who's really gone that strong. And us as media, we sometimes are frustrated at managers who don't really say anything. I mean, Bruno's predecessor, Nuno, let's be honest, mm. came up with the same quotes every single week. And <laughs> when you're winning every week, no one really cares. And the fans don't really care. And they didn't really notice it. But we'd had those same quotes for three or four years prior, but they just kept on winning. When they start losing, people are like, you're saying the same thing every week here. We're getting a bit bored of this. And I'm like, yes, this has been happening for a long time. So when a manager is honest and speaks his mind and speaks his opinion, I'm not going to be the one really to criticise it um, from a from a media point of view. But from a, a player point of view, from a dressing room point of view, from a dynamic point of view of manager to the players when the players are in the training ground and to get the best, is that the best way to approach it, Liam? It felt like a risk at the time and hearing it now. And even after winning 4-0 against Watford, it felt like a risk when you look back and, and listen to it. Um, the first thing that sprang to mind for me was the Watford, sorry, the, uh, the West Ham game. And, and, and I criticised in the, the video that we did after the game to say that Bruno was too defensive of his of his players. They were very poor and he essentially said he was fairly happy with with what he saw. Um, he then, you know, made it clear yeah, after the Palace game that he wasn't happy with the West Ham game. So there's obviously a little bit of a... So he's protecting his players maybe a little bit. Players, uh, probably a bit too much. And then he yeah. comes out with this, obviously on Hover and on, on, on other young players. Um, maybe it's a little bit too far the other way. Um, that's up for debate. You probably need to find somewhere in the middle because you know fans aren't stupid. They know when Wolves will play badly, and Bruno knows when the Wolves will play badly. Obviously, but if he's particularly the West Ham game, if you're not gonna 
say that and analyse that in the moment, it feels a little bit disingenuous. I think that's what fans get a bit concerned about. So he's then come out and been maybe overly honest, not necessarily to the detriment of us or the fans, but potentially to the detriment of, of a player. Because for, what is he, 20, Hover? For a 20-year-old lad who's not had loads of football, is still working his way up, um, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. There's There's no... There's no other way of describing it other than he'd have gone home that night and and been very upset. With well, knowing that knowing that his opportunity is gone, he's got injured after his big opportunity where he could be playing for six weeks. He's had two stinkers, and then he, and then his manager said that. Exactly. So I, I get that there's um that some players need a kick up the ass mm. and some players need an arm around them and and Bruno will know better. You know who responds to what. You know, I'll be honest. I need to kick up the arse sometimes. I don't want. I don't. I don't want a hug around me. You need that. You need that in the gym if you've got a personal personal trainer. You want someone. You know, some people will be like an arm around the shoulder if they want to get an extra couple of reps or, or lift a bit of weight. And someone will be like, get yourself down there. You know, in a in a military style. So so maybe maybe key response to that. Although taking any kind of mention of wolves off any of his social media. Um, not the best look. Kind of mean. Kind of says to me that maybe he didn't really appreciate it too much, and that's not what he wanted. Um, it is risky. I think you're right in what you say. It's very risky because not only you know if you're if you're the players around him, but obviously Key will have a certain group of players who he's very clicky with. So if they're looking at that as well, and they you know is the kind of like a you know it's, it's very it can be very divisive. It could be a very divisive. Actually, he said since he's he's spoken to Key and, the, and they've kind of aired out their differences, but. He says he's got no time for it, and you've got to question his future at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Absolutely, has to question it. Um, and I guess when the manager's hanging out to dry like that, if you're looking to sell a player, it doesn't really help when you're questioning his professionalism. But he said he'll get another chance. He says hopefully, I mean, the chance might come next season. It might come in a Carabao Cup. He might have to wait till a, a second round tie somewhere. You know, because John, Johnny's got the shirt at the moment and then Nelson Tomato's coming back and you can't really see where... Key, I can't see Kijana Hoover playing before between now and the end of the season. So it's... Um, it was it was an incredible moment for me, and look, Bruno has come in. He's in his first season. Fair play to him for for going for it, but I think time will tell whether he will look back at that Bruno. Maybe say maybe I could have dealt with that maybe slightly better. Speaking to him on Wednesday, actually after uh, ahead of this game, sorry, um, he said, "I don't regret what I said. I don't change a word of what I said. I've spoken to Hover, and he understands." He also said, "Which this was a very interesting." Point I thought that uh, he said that sometimes I need to just shake it up a little bit, mm. um, which really ties back to what you've said about it could have been any player. Mm. Maybe Hover's just unlucky, and, yeah. and he's fallen on the he's fallen on the end of a of a verbal battering. But mm. it, it also shows different sides to De Bruyne, which you know we've been aware of, but don't often see that. You know, he is a very polite, yes, nice, well spoken man, genuine, Gen- genuine, honest. gives us a lot of time. Mm-hmm has a good relationship with us, speaks openly. But if he needs to give his players a bollocking, mm. he really does. And, and he's he has done in the in the dressing room several times. And if he needs to, he will. Three losses in a row, and they were very poor against... What is not, I don't think is a particularly good Palace side, albeit they were good on the day. Mm. Um, and he was obviously very angry about it. And, and, and actually, for people that might not know this, that... that clip came from my question that was simply just 
you know, he he came off with an injury. How is he? Mm. Yeah, and 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 it, yeah. and it turned into that. He didn't he didn't, yeah. he didn't even answer the question yeah. about the injury because mm. he obviously had this. He wanted to get off his chest, and he just went for it. Now, in terms of in terms of Hover, uh, everything I've been told about him is that he's a very quiet, unassuming character. Really, um, not really someone who's going to kick up mm. a bit of a stink. But you want well, you he, want you want them to be asking the manager, I want to play. That's yeah, what course, you want. Yeah. If they're sat down and they're quite happy to be on the bench, I don't want that. I want yeah. I want someone saying, Give me a chance, give mm. me a chance. But you know, if they're not willing to put the work in mm. to get that chance, then there you go, the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. So in terms of a character, he's not really someone to to you know, kick up a fuss. But if he's not doing it in training, you can understand why Bruno's yeah. angry at him. Um and then also I mean, I wrote my comment piece and I I use this line to say that, you know, what is he what is he angry about for mm. not playing? Because Nelson Smale has been in his the best form of his Wolves career. Mm-hmm. One of the best players, the most consistent players of the season for about three or four months. Couldn't get in ahead of him for obvious reasons. He's a vastly experienced player in comparison to Hover. Much older, played for Barcelona, etc. All those things going against Hover for not playing. Apart from working hard and training and forcing your way in, how else is, is Hover going to get a chance? So what, what, what made him think that not putting it in in training... Is going to help him in yeah. any way, surely. And my answer, or my my, so I suppose, analysis of that in my comment piece was to say, yes, it's good to have a player, young player that wants to play and is not happy at not playing. But there's a big difference between ambition and delusion. Mm. You want to be ambitious to play, but you can't be deluded enough to think that you're going to get in ahead of Nelson Semedo, who's sure. absolutely superb. You have to work. It's be patient as a key word and work your way back in. And clearly, he wasn't working, and now he's lost his opportunity to play. He Potentially would have started tonight had had you know had had that not happened his injury so you know he's got to come back from this injury and, and Bruno said he'll give him another chance um, and that is where his Wolves career will be make or break. Um, I mean last last word on this because we've got to move on we're going to take some questions in a little bit. Maybe it was a tipping point. Maybe maybe, maybe Bruno um, needed to get something out there to get a reaction just to just at the club because. Look back at it, okay? They've just beaten Leicester. Well, they're going to London now. They've got two big games against two rivals who are going to be there for European competition. Bang, lose to Arsenal in, in, in really poor circumstances. Bang, they've just got beat by West Ham. They were terrible. Bang, need a reaction. No, they were terrible against Crystal Palace. And maybe he was like, I can't have this. I'm not having this. And he needed to make a statement. And we're all talking about it. And maybe it, maybe it, maybe it took the pressure off a few others. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe it was like, okay, we need to we need to do something here. We need to do something quick, and we're going to do something. They've done it tonight, so maybe it's maybe maybe that maybe it's worked. You don't know because he has got a reaction, and maybe people were just you know he was questioning. Well, are they on the beach? Have they got to forty points? What, what what do they want to do with this season? Do they want to carry it on? And let's be honest, Wolves have faded away when they got to forty points recently. So he questioned that, and then they've produced this tonight. Now, I'm not saying that wasn't against Raul Jimenez, it wasn't against Johnny, it wasn't against uh, Ryan Aitnori or Ruben Neves, but they've come and they've shown them back the manager tonight and they haven't gone, bloody hell, I don't, I, this, this guy can't do this. That the, the guys out tonight show that there was a reaction there and that they've responded to the manager. And I think that's really important going forward. I think it only makes sense that you have to, you have to make that link between the two yeah. because... Some people might say, "Oh, you know, it's a coincidence," but they've come out and they've been very, very good tonight, mm. and they could have eaten very easily down tools. Yeah, because player power is, is massive is, these is days. Yeah, massive in modern football. Uh-huh. Of course, it is. Um, would Bruno have done that 
how he how he did with the Hover situation? Would he have said the same things and approached it the same way if it was, for example, Raul Jimenez? Mm. Probably not. Mm. He, he would have been done a different way. But there's but, a respect level there of what, how Raul Jimenez has done his career. Exactly. Hover's I mean, done nothing in his career, and that's no disrespect to him, but he has to earn yeah. it. He has to. He's 20 years old. And he's up against a player in Alcimedi who's mm. been absolutely mm. superb this season. Yeah. What does he expect? He's got to grow up a little bit, probably take a bit of stock, um, and come back from this injury. And he'll get a chance. And when he gets that chance, he has to be on it because he had that chance against Chelsea and was very good, mm. and then didn't play again. Now that's frustrating, of course it is, but you have to be patient. You can't just assume that you're going to play every week when you've got a player like Alcimedi who's been brilliant. No, exactly. I mean, look, you know, and players can be moody in and around clubs as well, like, but. You've got to have done something on the pitch, you know. Jean Moutinho can be a moody bugger at times. He really can be, you know, in the training ground and on the pitch. But he can be a moody bugger because of what his career, he's done in his career. Do you know what I mean? Because he's incredible. Because he's, he's won these right, leagues. He? He's earned that right. Yeah. Some of these kids haven't, and I think Bruno needs, you know, gave a. It, it was a big statement, and it remains to be seen. Maybe overall, what what might what might happen after that? But like you say, the proof if the proof was in the pudding tonight at this game here, it's that the the, the players are playing for their manager, and that's exactly what they needed to do. And maybe it's a catalyst this season that restarts this engine and gets Wolves into European football. I bloody hope so. I bloody hope so too. <laughs> right, Liam. Uh, before we got to the questions, uh, finances came out this week. Uh, Wolves released uh, everything that's come out. Uh, you've got a little bit you want to say on the topic, so so the floor is yours, my friend. Yes, uh, fairly um, fairly briefly. Of course, you know, pretty pretty good news that, that Wolves um, profit baby are in the, are in the profit. Of course, they they owe a lot in transfer fees. They also owe have they got their energy bills? I've just got my new energy <laughs> bill. Maybe they won't be after this because I'm. I tell you what, Jesus Christ, four hundred and twenty quid. I'm getting charged next month. Four hundred and twenty quid. You, well, yeah, I was about to say, do you live in a castle? I know the answer to that. Oh, so I, don't, no. I don't even need to, I don't, I don't even need to question Absolutely it. astonishing. So, yeah, but no, carry on. Um, so, overall, really, before I make the one specific point I was going to say, overall, Wolves are in a, um, a pretty good position. It, it's The numbers don't lie in that they are they're a well-run club that is self-sustaining and, and they're doing well. Of course, the, the numbers are slightly skewed with the TV revenue, etc., which has all been explained already. Um, and, and looking at, at the summer, they, you know, I would, don't expect them to go out and spend 200 million, but Considering the the profit and and uh, TV TV revenue, they they maybe had to spend a bit more than they did the summer just gone. So um, overall, a, a pretty a fairly sort of rosy rosy picture. So um, the the one specific point I wanted to to mention, um, I, I saw a little bit of confusion. Sorry, Look sorry. at that! Unbelievable! Sorry, sorry, Interrupted sorry. Me. I'm trying to sort them out for the next segment. So carry on. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Are right, you gone then? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, thought, I saw a little bit of confusion amongst uh, supporters um, online, so I thought it would be best to, to clear it up here. Um, and that's in, uh, regarding the, the wage bill. So um, from these accounts compared to the year before, the wages, uh, and this is for all staff and players, not just playing staff and players, it's all staff. Uh, they don't, unfortunately, do it in, um, in any, anything more specific than that. Um, the total wage bill went up from 83 million to 123 million, so it's a fairly significant jump. And I think um, sort of experts and, and fans jump on that as a as a figure, uh, and, and expect that Wolves are paying massive pay rises in players, yeah. etc., etc. So is that the case then? Is so it? no, there's a few reasons for that. So of course, one of the reasons is that a few players did get pay rises. I think Neto and Cody were two examples of players mm-hmm. that did get new contracts. Um, and overall pay rises will, of course, will, fa- you, will yeah. factor in. So that that is of course a factor, but it's not the uh, the overall factor. Um, one of the biggest ones really is that there were two years of end of season bonuses in one financial year because of COVID 
and then they're obviously coming back to play again. So they were so yeah, they had to factor all those those bonuses in. Then there was more games played. I think it was uh, around about twelve or thirteen more games played in the financial year than, than there would normally be. So there's appearance based uh, bonuses, and of course there'll be other bonuses in contracts to do with goals and things like that as well. They all they all link into it as well. Um, and then the a, a one that people probably forget because it feels like such a lifetime ago now. Um, Nuno and his staff severance payments right, for, okay. all, for all of those leaving. Sure. Um, and of course he you know he had a, a fairly substantial team of staff as well. So um, those uh, things all like those you know uh, all added together mm. is really what is added the the big increase. There's not been sort of widespread paying or major pay increases across. Um, across the whole uh, the whole playing squad, uh, as I say, the the bill, the 123 bill, covers staff and players. It's not just the playing staff, and they don't they don't unfortunately do it any more specific. So um, yeah, I did see a few things. People saying uh, if you calculate the the um, the average wage is around about 65k. It's not possible to create to 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 do those averages for various reasons. Being that again, it's not not just the players; it's all the staff. All those uh, things with the severance and the bonuses, etc. Um, there's only a handful of players that are actually on anywhere near that, and it's not. Um, that's yeah, it's not that players are getting a massive a massive pay rise. So just to, just to clear that up, I hope that makes it a bit more clear for fans who um, who saw that. I suppose just the, the the two figures next to each other and assumed that um, that, that all the players were on uh, three hundred grand a week, <laughs> which is not which is not the case. Just us, Kino, just us. Yeah, just me and you, of course. Uh, right, shall we take some questions from the beautiful people? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Um, Amar's Music Show says, Do you think we should try Huang as a central striker? His best asset seems to be his finishing as he's wasted out wide. Um, I, I can see the, the logic behind it, certainly. Um, he's not really shone for me in the last few few games. He, I mentioned him at the beginning of this podcast. He scored a good goal against Arsenal. Got a fairly decent assist actually tonight for for him as the link up play there is, is nice, and that came from a central position of course as well. I do think he's much better when he drifts inside. The problem is, are you going to be able to have an opportunity to play him as a central striker? That opportunity, ironically, was probably against Crystal Palace when they played Huang, Pedence, and Neto, but they played Neto as a false nine. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't expect that one. Um, I can see some potential logic in it. I don't think it's it's going to happen. His finishing is very good, though. Okay. Um, Ted says, what do you think to the argument that Bolly should play instead of Saiz with Kilman brought back in after a rest? I think long-term, I can see that probably being the, the back three. I think Kilman on the left, Bolly on the right, Cody in the middle. I'm not convinced it happens this season. Um, Saiz has been pretty reliable. He offers a different style of centre-back because... Um, He's much more sort of attack focused, and Bruno spoke about this before. He brings the the ball out and he links up with the with the, the left wing back, um, and of course he's got a couple of goals as well this season. I think I can see that going forward, but I don't know if I can see it this season. Mm. Uh, on paper and on form, I'd probably take Kilman, Cody, and Bolly, uh, which seems a bit harsh on size, but. Matthew Scrivens, I tell you what, I hope uh, I hope Sai signs a new deal as well because I still think he's an incredibly important part of this squad and uh, just doesn't let Wolves down. He really doesn't. So hopefully, especially character-wise as well, you want you want players like that in and around. And he was building the African Cup of Nations as well, leading Morocco out. I hope he stays here. So. Certainly agree. Um, oh, is, is he French? 
So it's one of them. Oh, oh, someone might like that. Someone might like oh, that. Oh, he's, he's not, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> uh, one for the old school. Um, Scriver, Matthew Scriven says, the next game against Everton is a big one for me. It's late, okay. Um, it's a big one for me. Living in, living in Anfield and with Evertonian in-laws uh, to be, it's my local derby in its own way. Is there any non-traditional rival team that you always look forward to playing or relish beating? Yes. Um, These lot are up there after... after. Uh, oh yeah, we won't discuss about a very cop. Any team in the Ben Foster place for... <laughs> um, yes, so uh, for people that might not know, I, I'm from Warwick and I, I still live over in mm. in Warwick now. Uh, went to school in Leamington, Royal Leamington Spa. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh rather. Um, so because Coventry is our closest uh, city mm. uh, and it's a total shithole... Um, <laughs> uh, I think that might be the first time I've sworn on the podcast, actually. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's late. It's we're, we're after midnight now, so it's fine. Ah, that's fine. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I went to school with a lot of Coventry fans. Mm. Um, and for such a insignificant club, they've got such a, you know, a massive ego. Uh, I don't actually dislike the club that much. Just a lot of people at school always... I mean, it didn't help when Wolves weren't particularly great at times right. as well growing up. But a lot of people say, that, you know, it's always that Coventry... Coventry thing with me, um, so I always like to see us beat Coventry. Of course, we don't play them when they're you know down in League One most of the time. I know they're in the Championship now, but yeah, um, yeah. It'd be, it's, I like it when we beat them. So it was all right beating them in pre-season. That was quite nice. Uh, Paul O'Connell heading uh, to Leeds game next week. First time from Ireland since COVID. Nice. Any tips on good drinking spots for the game and Paddy's Day? Wait, he's going to Leeds, did he say? He's going to the Leeds game, yeah. He's coming to the Leeds game. Oh, the Leeds... Sorry, I got confused then, because of course we're playing Leeds here. Uh, okay. So I, I thought he meant in Leeds. I thought, that's, that was no, in, that no, was in no, November no, no. or whatever it's it coming was. here, coming here on, on next Friday, I, I assume. So, uh, good good drinking spots? Um, I don't go out in Wolverhampton that much anymore. Um, Hogshead's always good. I always like Hogshead's it, always yeah. good for like a local spot. I mean, yeah. it's difficult coming from Ireland and looking for a drink. I mean, you, you're always going to be disappointed, I think, when you're in a... You're in God's country up there, so... Yeah, you'll find that, you'll, you can find anywhere for a pint these days. Yeah. The moon underwater spoons, get in there. Cheap Stun- pint, I'm mate. still stunned after last week, mate. People sending me pictures of a price of five fifty six quid for pints. I mean, it's just unbelievable, mate. It's unbelievable. I know this. I'm disgusted. Oh, I'll tell you what, listen, I'm going to the... So the, the day after the Leeds game, yeah. the Saturday, yeah. I'm going to the UFC event in London, the UFC London. Oh, yes. Um, I went there in 2019, actually, and uh, knew what how much the um, at the O2 this is and knew how much the the points were then mm. my mate who's coming with me for the UFC went recently to a concert at the O2 yeah guess I don't know what point it was I think it might have been Heineken or something like that but guess how much you think a pint in the O2 was 10 quid okay not, not quite that much, oh, but it's still bad 8 quid 7.50 oh it's disgusting 7.50 7.50 it's mental 7.50 I'm going to be having plenty of those oh, watching mate, the UFC you're going to be you're going to be tanked up mate you're going to be tanked up um Paul Mansell says, is there anyone aside from Ben Foster that you would never pick in your fantasy Premier League team out of principle? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I don't think there is, to be honest. I can't think of anyone. I'll tell you who I wouldn't pick. William Jose. Oh, oh God. Yeah, Christ. Move wrong. on. Move on. Drink, um, drink, drink people saying good that you didn't wear your hat tonight, your villa hat tonight, Elian. It's not a villa hat. It's uh, my so that's hat. good. Um, Aldi, Goldie said just really want to shout out Johnny and Bolly we kind of discussed that as well having the old guard back made a difference and it did and maybe they needed it maybe they needed that experience the players you know the, those kind of guys who have played in the big games on the big occasion and you know a little bit of pressure on them tonight and that's exactly what you wanted cool heads they were brilliant and it, as I said the perfect game 
easy to get them in, get a few minutes under the belt. Uh, let's have a look. Talking just about... Oh, Lard Windwater wants to know peanuts, scratchings or twiglets? Oh, I like all three, but I'd probably I've go... never had a scratching. Yeah, they're decent. Are they? Like... There's a guy who sells them in the tunnel as you go under yeah, the underpass. Yeah, yeah, there is, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they're decent. Um, it's, it's a little bit off-putting sometimes you get one that's got a few hairs on it, but uh, yeah, I think I'd probably go peanuts. Um, where does it rank in Neverdays collection, says Charles. He's saying third behind Derby and Sheffield United. Uh, and Mars Music Show says fourth behind Derby, Espanyol and Sheffield United. Yeah, the Espanyol one's up there. Um, it I, could be second for me, I'll be honest. I, I need to see them again. But it could be, like I said, it was a different type of 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 aura that went around Morning tonight. It was an, oh my, it was an, oh my God. Goodness. I'd like to watch that them again. That is silly. I'd like to watch them again, but my initial instincts are the same as you, that potentially second, yeah. Mm. Although I did, I did love the Espanol goal. Uh, Ronan Gibbons says, how many more seasons, if you had to make a prediction, do you think Wolves have the pleasure of owning Neves? How many more seasons prediction? I hope it's a lot more than this. Um, I'm going to say one. One after this? Yeah. <sighs> I think a lot will... Well, let's see if he signs a new deal first. I'm sure they'll be looking for him to sign an extension. If he signs a big contract extension, then then I think he'll be here for one, two. If he doesn't sign an extension, like I say, you never know in football, I would really enjoy seeing him for these 10 games. Just enjoy it, soak it up. Just enjoy it. Because you, you never know. You never know. You never know, do you? I'm going to be crying when I get home now if you keep going on like this. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah, everybody just just kind of like so so many people just saying how good is Neves. Um, if he did sign a new long term deal, how much? Let's say he signs a five year deal next week. How much is Ruben Neves worth on the transfer market? Would you say? Great question. How much would is he worth? Um, I think you factor in his age. He's had this is his what fourth season in the Premier League now. Mm. Um, last season, of course, it was was difficult for a few reasons but I think his consistency was a thing that you mentioned and was a really big thing which I think he's finding this year so I would factoring all that in I would say uh, 70 or 80 million Ruben Nevers 70 or 80 million yeah. and if they can and I really hope they do sign him to a long term deal and if you can get Ruben Neves and Pedro Neto Mm. Which is a great, you know, to, to extend his deal. I think it's great. And you know, you saw Neto come on for half an hour tonight. Um, it, it'll be back to his best pretty soon, I think. And he's going to take a bit of time. Of course, he is. But if you've got those two players long term, whether you're going to have them long term, you know, in five or six years, football's football. But you're going to get absolute top dollar for them if and when they come to you know the end of their Wolves careers and you sell them on. That's massive because that can set you up for the next decade. It really can. I think um, where I get that figure from as well, the, the player that comes to mind that I sort of compare him to, they're slightly different in in style and position, but is Declan Rice. And Pete, you're quoting upwards of 100 million for Declan Rice. He's, he's obviously a, a few years younger. He's English, which always adds a bit of inflation on. Um, some people might tell me that uh, they should be the same. I think Declan Rice is a top draw player, I do. And, and although I obviously massively rate Neves with his age and, and things like that and, and experience and, and that national team experience I might I think he might be I think he might go for a bit more 
Um, yeah, I think he's sitting around the 70 to 80 mark with, with Ruben. Um, and yeah, he, he's that good. Um, yeah, I mean, just... It's just it's just a pleasure watching it. Really, it's a pleasure reporting on it. But just, I mean, we're getting paid to watch that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not getting paid a lot, but we're getting paid to watch it, which <laughs> is great. Me. Which is great. Um, right. Okay. Um, just a quick word before we move on to on to Everton. Look, we did go to the Youth Cup uh, semi final last night, and it wasn't to be. And I saw people. It was amazing that there were seven hundred plus Wolves fans and ten coaches that went across and. And uh, great occasion for the for the kids, and they did fantastic to even get to the semi final. They really did. Look, they're being by the better side on the night. I think I don't think anyone could have any 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 grumbles about that. But there's some players in that squad who will, I guarantee you, will be seeing in and around that first team at some point in the future. Because you know, and it's not just that; it's, it's moving down. We're going to be at the 23s on Monday. Liam to see to see the next group maybe the next group we're going to come come forward and I'm sure some of the bench guys here who aren't playing we might get to see them against West Brom on Monday you know being to the Wolves ladies today who are top and, and, and hopefully going to get promotion in the playoff you never know you know they're, they're doing fantastic the 18s get into the FA Youth Cup semi-final throughout from top to not bottom but top and throughout the picture is really rosy here and you know I know a lot of people and you know you, you live or die by what the seniors and what, what the men's are doing but at the same time You've got to look throughout the club and, and the kind of, not just the players, but the management and the staff there. And, ha- and they're all achieving success. And it can only bode well for the future, can't it? I think so, yeah. Fans will always, um, there'll always be a section of supporters that find some things they're unhappy with or complain about you know A, B or C. But I think, the and, and a lot of it rightly so as well. But the overall picture, you have to look at success and the pathway that they're trying to build between the academy and the first team, the links they're making with local teams to spot the youngest talent. And this is what the top clubs in the world do. They spot players at five, six, seven years old. Whether you think that's right or wrong, it's a reality. Um, and, and Wolves are setting the infrastructure up um, to to really bring in local and national and internationally good young players. I mentioned on the, the video, you know, they poach players from big academies across um, across England, bringing players in from all corners of the world as well, young players, um, and, and they've had a lot of success with it. Now, not every player is going to make it, of course not, and that's always that's always the way it is. Um, but they've got a lot of players who have got a really good future in football ahead of them, whether that's with Wolves or not. Look, even at the the most immediate players, I think Ryan Giles is going to be in the first team next season. I'd be shocked if he's not. Morgan Gibbs White, there's an argument to say that. Then they're the two on loan that are at the top there. You've got players dropping all the way down. And then to the under 18s we watched last night, Tyler Roberts was electric. He's a, he's a, he looks a really exciting player. Nathan Fraser, a proper big striker who's technically gifted as well and is not slow either. Uh, looks, looks a promising player. 17, has just signed his first pro contract. Uh, Ollie Tipton, captain of the under-18s, played in a couple of different positions, looked comfortable on the ball as a defender, looked good as a holding midfielder. Um, Harry Burtwistle dropped down yesterday. Uh, Lemby Keys has played for the 18s and 23s. There's there's a lot of players there, and they're having the same style of philosophy throughout. They're playing the same formations, and they're, and they're building the players up to, to play for the first team. Your likes of Cundall and Kilmer have done it this season, and Chem Campbell's been close, of course, doing very well for the under-23s. So there will be players certainly that, that come through in these next crop, and then after that, it's just a conveyor belt of players. You'll always have to go into the market for players. You're, ne- you're not necessarily going to find the next Ruben Neves in your, in your academy, but.
but you have to for a squad and for just having a young talented player on your doorstep you have to give these players an opportunity and some of them will get it the, the big example is Man United selling Paul Pogba for 500k or losing for 500k compensation whatever it was and signing him for what was it 80 odd million when mm. they got him back mm. that's, that's a, it's a great example I know it's a cliched example these days but sometimes you've got to put a bit of trust in the young players and I think we've got a manager in Bruno who will do that who has been at one of the best uh, academies in the world at, at Benfica and has given players a chance and I think he'll do it yeah, shout out to uh, Tyler Roberts last night. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, right. Um, Sunday, Everton, two o'clock. They are struggling, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. And um, I'm a little bit worried, but I'm, I feel a bit better after tonight. I think, you know, um, like I say, a lot of things went for Wolves tonight. Um, but they are having a terrible time, a torrid time, Everton. I'm going to give you their... Uh, these are their Premier League results since the start of January in 2022. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Here we go. Lost to Brighton 3-2. Lost to Norwich 2-1. Lost to Villa 1-0. Lost to Newcastle 3-1. Beat Leeds 3-0. Lost to Southampton 2-0. Lost to Man City 1-0. Lost to Tottenham 5-0. They've lost every game but one in 2022. It's a massive... I mean, they've got Wolves at home, they've got Newcastle at home. Then they've got then they've got Watford. I mean, that's three games. massive games wow. for them. So it's going to be tense at Goodison Park. And it's going to be very interesting to see what formation they play. It's going to be very interesting to see what formation Wolves play. Now, Bruno will probably have it in his mind that Everton might go more defensive after getting tonked last time out at, at, at Tottenham. And I don't know if you watched the game, Liam. They were absolutely ripped apart. Yeah. Ripped apart. And I think they'll go back to a back five. They'll try and keep it tight and they'll try and nick a goal with Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And they've still got players that can hurt you. And if Wolves are not on, if Wolves put in a, a, a Crystal Palace display or a West Ham display... Or an Arsenal display, let's be honest, they will lose on Sunday. I guarantee you they will lose. They'll lose 1-0, it'll be a terrible game, and they'll get beat. However, this has given me a lot of hope tonight. Raul Jimenez, their best striker, back scoring goals. Pedro Neto, another half an hour cameo after getting rested and having 60 minutes against Crystal Palace. Johnny back, and be, and the luxury of being able to take him off to rest him a little bit before Everton on Sunday. Raya Nouri back. Willie Bolly back in the side. What do you do? Do you play horses for courses and try and match them up? Or do you stick with the formation and the players who have done you so well tonight? Yeah, I'm a- asking Liam Bruno Keane here. <laughs> it's a tough one because... You're right when you say you look at Everton's squad and on paper they've still got some very dangerous players in the midfield and going forward into into the attacking areas. You know, your likes of Ducore, Allen, Deli Alley, Van der Beek, I think, are, are good midfielders. Richarlison always seems to score against Wolves. Dominic Alvaloon, I think, you know, England international, very good player. Rondon, not so much, but <laughs> yeah, now I've said that, you might start oh, on Sunday. Um, where they're really weak is in defence. I mean, they are really weak in mm. defence. They've got Mina missing, haven't they? Um, yeah. and, and who's the who's the lad from Norwich as well? Um, 
the other centre back. It'll come to me, but carry on. Yeah, uh, Godfrey. Godfrey. Yeah, he's yeah, injured. Yeah. I don't. I don't know whether they're close to coming back yeah. or not. But they're, 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 I mean, you know, without those two, then they look very lightweight, yeah. don't they? I think they've been playing. If I've got this right, I think they've been playing. Um, I've got Keane Col- Holgate. Col- Keane Holgate, and then Coleman and John Joe Kenny. Yeah. I mean, that is a really weak back line. It's a championship back line. It's a weak back line. Mm. So that is where Wolves will get at them. And, and for me, the the key decision to make, and I think the key decision that Bruno will make, is whether he, and this depends on the formation, is whether he plays either Pedence or Neto or a midfielder and Dendonga comes in. I think otherwise we'll see. So a three in midfield with Dendonga, yeah. Moutinho and Neves. So yeah. by the way, still not booked. Still not booked, oh, yeah. still playing, baby. How's he, how's he still getting away? It's with astonishing. It? <laughs> it's incredible. Because um, yeah. before this game, I would have said Leander Dendonka is made for him. He's actually had good performances against Everton. He's, he's played well at Everton at Goodison Park. He's had one of his best displays mm. a couple of years ago. I would say that Leander Dendonka is made for him to come in and kind of just break it up a little bit. I'm not so sure now because if they do play three, they can't really play three, can they? They don't have to play three at the top as well. It'll be it'll be Jimenez no. and one other, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. But the way that that Bruno's spoken about we can't be afraid, we need to go for, we need to we need to attack, kind of leads me to believe that they'll say, well, look, if we do concede, I want us to score two at Everton. And if they're going to do that, then maybe they need that three-pronged attack. So I would maybe lean towards Jimenez, Neto, Pedence, and maybe Huang on the bench. So I'm going to go slightly differently, okay. Pure, purely because of... You know, Wolves are 3-0 up to here tonight. Yeah. And after 65, 60, 65 minutes, they take Huang and Raul off. Yeah. And I think I think both of them start. Okay. Pure, he's got the luxury of being able to take them both off with, you know, half an hour, 25 minutes to go. Yeah. I think they both start. Um, and, you know, again, why Johnny came off with 15 minutes mm. to go, because he'll start. So, um, I think them two, Huang and, and Raul, I think they play. And then I think it depends. So is it a Neto Pedence coin flip? A Neto Pedence coin flip, or then Nonka comes in and it's three midfield. That's what I think is. That's okay. What, that's where I think the decision is to be made. Okay. Um, if I if I'm going with the, the the forward three, which I I can potentially see for the the reasons you mentioned about Bruno wanting to go for it, um, I think you have to go with Pedence because Neto and Bruno said it in the press conference today. Neto still needs time to mm. understand the way we play. And Pedence scored today. I thought had a good game. One of his better games in comparison to previous performances. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll potentially see an unchanged team. Um, it's interesting because it's a quick turnaround. And look, Everton have had a, a break since they got stuff. They haven't played in midweek, so scheduling wise and fresh legs. But you know, maybe he went too much the other way against West Ham where he did rest a lot and we look what happened there so you know you, you want to go with with the guys who are in form and, and Bruno said they're going to have light training sessions in the next couple of days and, and it's all going to be obviously geared towards Goodison Park well he's, he, just on the training sessions he sort of uh, basically depends on each individual player you know, some players will be able to do half an hour and then have to do some rehabilitation or, or gym work and other players will be able to do longer and, and less of the other stuff so yeah they're having to mix up because the players come back from injury mm. Bolly Johnny examples mm. so, and, and Neto of course and, and the other one I mean you've said you've said maybe an unchanged side for you but, but Willie Bolly keeping his place I mean he has to really keep his I mean saying that Willie Bolly hasn't played a game of football for a long time so I think Bruno said in the press conference you have to see how Bruno, how, how Willie feels <laughs> oh. <laughs> I bet he does <laughs> it's late 
What time oh, is it now? 20... 20, 22 minutes past midnight. Oh my god, I need to go home. How will he, how will he does tomorrow? That's okay. How he feels. Yeah, how he wakes up in the morning. Yeah. Um, and, Ready uh, to go in the morning. Well, exactly, you know, I don't know where I can go with this. Anyway, oh, whether 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 he is struggling um, after after playing 90 minutes or, like I said, it was earlier on, it was a low-stress game, so hopefully he's okay and, and good to play. But I don't think you can draw... You can't... If, if Willie Boyle is good to go, I, I don't think you can... You can then bring Max Kilman straight back in and have Willie Boyle on the bench. Can you? Or maybe you can. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised with either. Okay. Um, for pretty much all the reasons you've just said. But I think you're right. I think if he's fit and ready to play, I don't think you can you can take him out now. And, and um, yeah, I, th- I think it's only fair. Uh, the big question is, um, prediction, the, the competition is back, Bebe. The competition is back. It is Everton against... Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, can we have? I'll go prediction first, and we'll leave you with the um, the one for the prees. The please. Um, I'm going to say. I would have got one on my head, by the way. So if you say the same as me, I'm not copying you. I'm going to say Everton one. Okay. I think I, they score. I, I wasn't going to say. Okay. That. Oh, there you go then. I'm going to say Everton one. Wolverhampton Wanderers one. Interesting. Mm. Kino. Everton. No point. Oh, like it, like it. It's at least a point. Go on, go on, go on. Oh, oh, oh. Wolves? Two. Oh! I'll tell you exactly how it'll happen. Go on then. Wolves will be 1 0 up. Go on. 65th, 70th minute. Pedro Neto comes on. He gets his first goal back after his injury. Really? 2 0. He comes on and scores. Oh, magnificent. I love that. That would be great. Pandemonium. Great week. I'll be on the pitch. You'll be on the pitch, will you? <laughs> not, not, not from on the first tier, mate. You're gonna to have to break a couple of legs to be fair. I'll be knee sliding, mate. Oh dear. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this late night podcast. Always nice bringing you late night podcast. I know you, you guys will be listening to it on Friday morning or afternoon or or Saturday or Sunday on the way to Goodison Park. But you know, you can you can tell we've been on the on the hooch, can't you? A little bit. I wish. <laughs> oh, I need it. I need a beer, mate. Right, I'll leave. Um, I guess I'll leave Ben Foster to play us off. Thank you very much. We'll see you on. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday.